Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show. I am Steve, and sitting right alongside me from parts unknown is the lovely and buxom Tracy. I usually at the nights that we record, I'm not that hungry, but tonight, oddly, I am hungry. You want to go get a snack? Possibly. Maybe no, um, no, it's not snack time. You should have thought of that before the show. Anyway, yeah. we are off and running on another wonderful show again with the Dave not here. Sorry about that, um, but uh, he had very pressing business to take care of in a pineapple themed hotel. Um, uh, I, I know this because he, they sent pictures of the pineapples that were in the hotel, and um, there was. One question that has been nagging at the back of my mind, and uh, it has to do with um, pineapples. I like pineapples. I'm a big fan oh, of pineapples. Me too. I really, really like. I have I have pineapple sparkling water right here, Tracy. If you're taking you, a look. you do, he's not uh, he's not lying about that's, that. That's right. I am a, I'm a big fan of pineapples. I um, I like them. I I think they're tasty. Um, but pineapples, some pineapple imagery has a specific uh, message, a specific connotation that is, um, uh, that goes along with it. And it's upside down pineapples. Okay. Not pineapple upside down cake, which is a delicious cake. Totally different. These are images of upside down pineapples. And, um, as I understand it, um, when someone displays an upside down pineapple, it means they are down to, um, share, uh, intimate partners. Uh, we call it swinging and that's, you know, that's, I, I don't, I, are you sure? Cause uh, Dave told me when he checked into the place where he was, that he goes, th- that it was seemed to be upscale and the valet, like he, he, they said they insisted on taking his keys and they said, you know, and, uh, make sure we'll make sure you get some, another set of keys. And then they <laughs> winked. And he thought this is a weird because really he's strange. not used to staying in upscale places, and maybe so, that's just how it's done. Yeah, so that was one of those things. He was like, "This this, this place is pretty pretty swanky," is uh, how he described it. Right, right, and you know, uh, that's it's a uh, it's I, I think another word for it is a, a lifestyle. They call it the the lifestyle of. Um, having, uh, having multiple partners and, and, and open relationships. And, and uh, that, I, I, that, that might, I don't know how that goes. Um, but I am, uh, I'm excited that they're getting some time away and they're getting to, they're getting to do, um, you know, fun couple things. Um, and, and I'm excited to hear back on what their, what their pineapple experiences were, um, over their over their break, He's I'm most sure they're certainly going to come back refreshed. Yes, yes, from, I bet, uh, and, and, and very and very puzzled as to why other couples are at his door knocking, um, knocking at random times um, in, in bathrobes. So, yeah, sending them away. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, no. I came in and said, "What? I don't know. They didn't have food. They, I don't they, have your keys. <laughs> check the front desk. It's going to be very puzzling for what, Dave. What are the people here." <laughs> why do keep people why do people keep knocking at my door? Oh, 
That's hilarious. All right. Um, anyway, I'm sure they're having a wonderful time and it did look like it was a really cool, uh, hotel and that they're, uh, they're going to enjoy themselves. Uh, can't wait to hear back. Um, he's earned this vacation, but here Tracy and I are, we're just gonna, we're just gonna take you through another fantastic episode. But tonight we have a very special guest. Tracy, would you like to, would you like to explain who this guest is? Yeah, I was just, you know, back on the, on the, what we used to, what we fondly call our first uh, edition of the Dave and Steve show, but just before, like we uh, closed the studios and put it, put them in mothball for a decade. Um, we had, uh, we had reached out to uh, Paul Quinn. Paul Quinn was on uh, Ace of Cakes on the Food Network. And uh, he has uh, been in lots of video games and has uh, led a, pretty incredible live doing a lot of different things uh in uh, both tv food and video game industries and we were happy to have him tonight uh for about a night a really fun 30 minute interview that i know you're going to enjoy i i was very surprised at all the all the cool things that this uh, uh this guest has done and it was it, it's it, it was it's a great interview we're going to get right to it so uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug it right in, and then we will go to a brief commercial break, and you'll catch us right after on the Dave and Steve Show. Our next guest has appeared on the Food Network's Ace of Cakes, has appeared in video games. He has been a front woman in one of CL's most leading drag rock cover bands, Tess Turbo. He's a frequent guest on the Magnificent Metal Jesus Rocks YouTube channel and is the host of his own channel, Drunken Master Paul. It's with great excitement that I introduced a man I've known for about 20 years. Paul Quinn joins us on the Dave and Steve Show. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Thanks Yay! for having us. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Usually, well, yeah, we do the applause usually, but when it's just Steve and I, we, we discover we, we're not really... Um, we're not aggressive enough with applause, so it, it I, comes out. In I disagree, though, Tracy. I'm a I'm a trained percussionist, and clapping is one of those things that I have been. I mean, I can I can clap you through all kinds of notes, but that's neither here nor there. We have a guest. That sounded a little, just a little bit dirty. I'm liking where this is going already. <laughs> yeah, you you like that I have the clap. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Only only if there's through notes. <laughs> through notes. It's kind of like the brown sound, but it's like the seed sound. <laughs> the clap i'll do i'll play that song in the key of chlamydia <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, yeah, thanks for having me on this is great i was super excited uh tracy when you you pinged me to have me come on and um, i'm amazed that any one person besides me could list off those things that i've done so um <clears throat> you know that that's you know one of those things that's about you that is always actually pretty interesting so like We've had a lot of guests on over the years. Dave's not here tonight, but one of the things that like the three of us He's like. He's not here. Not the first time you've heard that. I know. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> yes. He's either in Sweden or Seattle trying to connect to a Wi-Fi network called Cat Piss. Or is it Cat Peeing? I forget. But, uh... Shit, is he in my garage? Hang on a second. <laughs> How did he know my Wi-Fi? <laughs> But uh, people who do interesting things, have you ever just sat down and done an inventory of all the cool things you've done? Or is just every, this all pretty much just a day in the life? Wow. You know, I've, I've thought about doing that, of going through and just making the list of all the, the crap that I've done through my life. Um, I haven't done it yet. I think I'm a little afraid to. 
Um, I don't know if that's going to make me feel really good or really, really freaking old. So I don't know. I just, I like to do lots of different things. I call myself a life snacker. I'll just go to snack on this and going through the bay, bay, I'll snack on that, snack on that and have a meal every now and again. But, but mostly it's heading straight to the dessert bar and the, uh, the open bar and, uh, and going from there. It's I, you're just pretty much a regular dude and you don't make a big deal about all those things, but you're, you're outgoing. And so it's funny to have you on a podcast because back in the nineties, I was a guest on a show that you got you and Robert the Grump were doing on talkspot.com. Now for our listeners, they don't know what talkspot.com was, but before podcasting was a thing or even internet radio, uh, Mr. Williams, Ken Williams had purchased like with a, with a fresh billion in his wallet after selling Sierra started mm -hmm. talkspot.com, which is basically internet radio where he was pulling talent from terrestrial radio and just yep. building kind of this internet radio empire before even the technology was good enough to support it. And you and another listener, uh, Robert, the grump is what we call him, but Robert, um, hosted a show called game dive that was on weekends that got enough traffic that it crashed servers. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. This is, a, we're going to go down a huge rat hole here because <clears throat> yeah, we were on a, it was first talk spot and then it was world stream. And right. that was uh, Ken Williams' uh, project after Sierra. And as you said, he bought a building in uh, in Bellevue and turned it into a radio station, but it broadcast over the internet. And the crazy thing is that last weekend, I just got back from visiting him and Roberta with Metal Jesus. Oh, really? Really, really, really. And then you <laughs> pop up. It's like, Sierra's coming back to haunt me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, and we talked about this very thing, among other things, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But yeah, he uh, he kind of had forgotten about it. And said, I was on World Street. Goes, Holy crap. You were a part of that. <laughs> and he let me in on a, a couple of things. Um, the the burn rate of money was astounding. I think he said he threw like twenty seven million dollars into it. Um, and that was back in the time when <laughs> that meant something. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he just went through the couch cushion. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I start a radio station. Uh, but he also said that they were paying for bandwidth. Not like now where you just pay a flat fee. They're paying right. per minute or something like that. Right. But yeah, he had, um, as I recall, there were like six or eight individual studios that we would go in. And every Wednesday night, we'd go in and, and record our show. And I believe we were the longest running show. We ran for 16 months. Yeah. Absolutely, it and, was. Yeah, and me and Robert Apsel would like, go on the air with um, Nemock, um, uh, Dan Nemock, who is our, our producer. And we were, we were just bleeding edge because we had the audio going at all times, but we also had you know early chat rooms and we could run video as well, which is a huge bandwidth hog. So we crashed things <laughs> everywhere. But we were interviewing people in the gaming industry from uh, people at Sierra, um, we people Sierra Dynamics, all the affiliates, um, people from. Uh, well, I interviewed. Um, oh, God, name is is uh, escaping me. Um, wrote Ninja Turtles, bought Heavy Metal. Oh sure, um, Eastman or Laird. Eastman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So we interviewed him because he was working on uh, getting Heavy Metal back together, and he at the time was married to Julie Strain. So I said, "Well, can can we get Julie on the air?" Because 
Julie Strange. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, you're you're cool and everything. But I, I could talk to Julie if you don't mind. Um, but apparently he said, no, she's sleeping in the other room because she's got a, a photo shoot the next day. And I said, well, would you wake her up? He goes, oh, hell no. She kicked my ass. Have you seen her? <laughs> so, yeah, we interview all kinds of people, including, um, well, we interviewed Gabe Newell when they yeah. launched Half-Life. Yeah. And that was crazy uh, because 10 seconds in, I knocked my coffee into the console. Oh. So, which, which, um, as I understand it, um, they, those two things don't mix. No, they yeah. don't. Which is ironically how Half-Life started. The game Half-Life starts with an accident. So, <laughs> but yeah. that was good times. And yeah, it was a precursor to this, what we're doing right now. You know, it really is. It's funny. You talked about Gabe Newell because like we used to rub elbows with him on a lot of these sort of like traveling things. And even yeah, my... I've seen the website, I paid my subscription Oh, see thank you for that. Yeah, that, was, it was, that was high class elbow rubbing, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I paid my five bucks. It's worth it. But it's funny when we were talking about you and I had traveled. I wore my drink Wisconsin shirt tonight, but you and I had traveled to Wisconsin to show off one of the earliest um, uh, editions of like pre uh, like Alpha Stage Half Life uh -huh. mm -hmm. editions at. Um, a, a conference called Gen Con there in That's Milwaukee, right. Wisconsin. And you and I had something happen. Like uh, one of our things ended up missing while yes. we were there. Yes, indeed. I knew we were going to talk about <laughs> this. Um, so Gen Con was a big Dungeons and Dragons thing. And then um, yeah, I think TSR took it over or something. And yeah. It started becoming more video games and stuff. So Sierra went to a couple of them. And um, Tracy and I and uh, Robert Apsel. Uh, we were part of the, the tech crew, basically, for the whole thing. So at the time, they were showing uh, two things. They just bought Blizzard. They were showing early Half-Life and early... Um, Is that Birthright? Or, or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early StarCraft, which enters into this story. Because, um, want me to tell the whole thing? Want to just dive into sure. it here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what happened is, um, there, we have this area with a bunch of computers, and... Um, we have uh, the Half-Life code on one machine, the StarCraft code on another. And ironically, something happened and we had to switch machines, switch the code because something crashed, you know, alpha. So we close down. We go uh, go to our hotel. The morning we come in and there's cops everywhere. Because somebody had stolen, actually picked up the box, the CPU, and walked out with the code. Ooh. They thought they got Half-Life. They had not. They had actually grabbed the one with the unsecured, <laughs> unencrypted StarCraft code. Oh, right, right. So people were freaking out. I remember the woman from Blizzard was physically sick. She actually had to go and uh, upchuck her per diem. Well, we were trying to we were trying to talk her up a little bit. Like it's okay. They can't do anything with it. I'm sure it's like you know. Secured, and she's just started crying even more. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't encrypt it. It was nothing. So my memory of that is, so we're all freaking out because it was kind of our responsibility. And I you remember Officer Perry? The yes, guy I remember Officer Perry. Yeah. So this guy was brilliant. Um, part of the Milwaukee, Milwaukee's best, interviewing us. And my memory is he had kind of a New York accent, but it's probably a Wisconsin accent. But New York is what I'm going to do here because that's my memory. And he was interviewing us and made us feel like complete schmucks in the best way possible. He would say things like, so this code is worth, what, 
two, three, four million dollars, and we're like, uh, yeah. And you just left it here. <laughs> I'm only asking. I need it for my report. <laughs> and so we're feeling like two inches tall trying to crawl underneath the carpet. And so another question was, um, and so did you have a cable tied down, locked down, or anything? No. Said so. You just left it here with the seventeen-year-old kids sitting at the door guarding everything, and that was a good idea. I'm only asking. I need it from my report. <laughs> the, the sarcasm in the and you thought that was a good idea. Just a little. That's just a little twist of the knife. Old school, yeah. old school <laughs> pen and paper. Like he's probably not he, even making notes. He's just writing. <laughs> The word dumbass with arrows pointed at <laughs> our faces. Absolutely. So. I need this for my story back at the back at the station. Yeah. I, need, I, I need the details for my report to for everybody report. that I ever talked to for the rest of my life. Oh, oh my gosh. god. And we there's nothing we can do because first of all, we did not expect a Milwaukee police officer to know anything about the world of uh, games and high tech and everything. And he's just hitting all these points. Like he knew how much it costs, how, why we should have locked it up. Was it encoded or anything? Uh, no. So you just thought it was a good idea to leave <laughs> what $12 million unencrypted code on the computer. Just leave it here overnight and go back to your hotel. I'm only asking. I need it for my report. So, so he was right the whole time. And we felt like complete dipshit. Now this is just occurring to me now. Did anybody check Officer Perry's trunk? Um, because if he knew all that, he's the only one in Wisconsin that knew all this stuff. And and then he stole it and came back to to taunt you, which is even I don't I don't know, but he probably still has it. It's probably in his trophy room. Yeah, he yeah. probably has a disc in his back pocket. I remember, remember when he... it was eventually found. Right. Right. Yeah. I heard something that it was eventually found. Um, we, they don't know if it got copied or anything, but yeah, that was one of many stories of, of Gen Con. And yeah, I do was, remember Tracy us walking down the street and you just deciding you didn't like uh, Milwaukee. Am I remember that correctly? Yeah, I had a I had a fit in the middle of uh, there was there was two things that happened there. We 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 had long nights and long days, and so because Milwaukee, if you don't know, people have never been there the taps run like hot, cold and beer. Yeah. And so, uh, you, you get a little, you get a little tired during the day. So I'd been, I'd be kind of been jacked up on nodos to kind of stay awake during the day. And we were walking across one of the famous bridges in Milwaukee. That was also a, uh, a drawbridge and that somehow in my head, uh, a big truck had gone across it and the bridge was shaking incredibly. And I thought okay. for sure the bridge was going up. And so I, I just started running, and uh, which and I didn't warn anybody. So let you know, basically, if you're with me and you're in danger, probably I just run to save myself. Just uh, there's proof of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you but, would survive uh, a zombie movie then, because <laughs> sorry, fuck you, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's right. I forgot oh. about the bridge. So, so here's a question about. When we you so you you've done again you've done like just other things but how in the world so like I I lose touch with you for about four or five years and then I discovered that you'd become an apprentice for Duff Goldman and now like of Ace of Cakes fame so right. Food Network I've seen you like fabricate and make lots of things including like 
futuristic mechanical Herc warriors and uh, uh, <clears throat> all kinds of things. How in the world did you begin building things from food? Huh. Well, um, you kind of already started. Uh, I just like building stuff. I like crafting things. I always have. Uh, when I was a kid, I would build spaceships out of balsa wood and and uh, popsicle sticks and stuff like that. Fly them around my house. Um, but I was into cooking. I was into food. Always have been. And when we lived in D.C., uh, my wife worked uh, during the week. And I had a job at a motorcycle dealership. And I was off on like Monday and Tuesday. So I just had those days to myself. And so I'd watch Food Network. And a huge fan of Alton Brown. Learned a ton of stuff from him. But then I uh, saw the Food Network challenge that, that Duff Goldman was on. And I thought, you know, well, well, he seems like a pretty cool guy, kind of fun. And then I found out his shop was up in Baltimore. And I, and I well, I'm kind of looking for my next thing to do. So I just, I shot him an email just out of nowhere and said, hey, you know, I'd like to come up and play, blah, blah. He's a huge smart ass. And uh, surprise. And <laughs> he wrote me back and said, dude, come on up. Um, every day I get emails from snot-nosed kids who just want a free ride, but you seem to just want to come up and play. So come on up and let's talk. So, so I did, I thought it'd be a ton of fun. So I drove up to Baltimore and the day I met him, he was on the phone. So I was waiting a little bit and he said, Hey, how are you doing? Good to meet you. And uh, super good guy. Um, what you see Duff on TV, that's Duff in person. Uh, so super cool. And I said, why isn't food network giving you your own show? And he, I was literally just on the phone uh, finalizing the, the deal. So oh. he, he literally got the show the day I met him. Ah. <laughs> and then a month later, they started shooting. I was just, I was an unpaid intern there for a while. And that's how I learned to do cake sculpting. That's so I, so you... I'd all, all stuff on Friday nights and <clears throat> make a bunch of cake because they did everything on Friday night and then drive home at two in the morning. I mean, so, uh, you know, a lot of people, so you, you had, you had for a time had run uh, Jet City Cakes uh in the in seattle and we're doing like a lot of these uh fantastic kind of corporate and big right. big deal cakes in the seattle area for a while what was that like what kind of stories do you have there well that was yeah obviously that was after we moved back from uh from dc mm -hmm. we uh were kind of done with dc in that area so we moved back and we started jet city cakes and uh, yeah, that was really interesting because we we started a high end cake business right in the middle of the um, I almost said the redemption, but that that's the not great right. recession. Yeah, <laughs> the recession, yeah. the great recession. Thank you. Yeah. And so it was interesting. Fortunately, we were working out of our house, so we didn't take too much of a bath on it. Um, but yeah, that's when I started doing my own stuff, and that's what landed me my own shows on Food Network, doing the challenges. I've done three of those, um, but I think. One of the best stories um, on uh, Jet City Cakes is uh, <clears throat> I was friends, uh, still am friends with Jeff Lane of Sierra fame, who went on to work at Valve. And so I contacted him because I just wanted to do a weighted companion cube cake from Portal. <laughs> and I just wanted to do one. A client had asked me for one. I made a wee one. And then I said, I, I want to do a big one. And so I called him and said, would you guys like one? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. But said, Tell you what, I just want to do one anyway. So he set me up to bring this thing to Valve unannounced, completely unannounced. Right. On a Thursday. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't there. The bastard. Day. He hung me out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> so I show up in the lobby with this big ass cake. It was like two feet on a side. A way to companion cube cake. 
And I show up in the lobby and go, hi, I'm here to uh, uh, deliver this cake. And the receptionist, what the hell? Uh, yeah, um, Jeff Lane uh, told me to bring it here. To, uh, bring it to the lunchroom, right? And I just completely just bolded my way in. Didn't ask permission. I said, no, I, I'm going here. And went in, and the place just went up for grabs. They had no idea what was going on. They loved it to death. Uh, <laughs> one of the designers came over, and he said, where did this come from? Is it just courtesy of Jet City Cakes. Love your stuff. So we just waltzed into Valve and handed them a cake. I think there's a there's a object lesson in there that if you come with things that people want, mm -hmm. you can pretty much get in anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. That works with cookies too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they open a lot of uh, they open a lot of doors. That's they're, mm -hmm. they're like master keys for a lot of uh, a lot of different things. So that's that was interesting. You know, Tracy um, told me about Midnight cookie company and that brought right. that made me think of uh this small town i i lived in in, in kansas um lawrence they, they had a beloved um frozen yogurt shop there and uh one day that was out of business and what moved in there was a cookie delivery service so okay. i'm like okay well i'm gonna go in and I'm, I'm gonna buy a cookie so i walk in and they have a single like dinner plate of a few cookies in their giant um, display case, right? right? And and I'm like, I I'd like to buy a cookie. And the person behind the counter looked at me and said, "Let let me go talk to the manager." And they went back to and and as soon as they said, "Let me go talk to the manager," I said, "Oh, they don't deliver cookies. They deliver marijuana ah. all over town. That's 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 what, what, what this exactly business are you is. implying here?" Yeah. That was my, that was, I, I told that story so that, so that uh, I wouldn't have to ask that question. I, I, Paul, I'm not, I'm not asking you if, if you're doing that. I want, I, I, I went in there wanting a cookie. I wanted, uh, I wanted cookies delivered to me. And right. that, that was a dream that was stolen from me. I need to hear from the man that's going to yeah. make my dream come true. <laughs> so in Seattle, in the Seattle area, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Yes, in the Seattle area, we are actually delivering cookies under the and un, not, under the moniker. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Midnight Cookie, correct? Yeah, that's, that's Midnight the Cookie Company is the name of the company. Okay. Um, I bought this company with a friend of mine, uh, March first, twenty twenty, a date that might sound familiar to some people. <laughs> yeah, you have interesting timing on. Uh, <laughs> you have incredible ideas at the shittiest timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Check my resume and you'll see that uh, happening quite a bit. Um, actually, it wasn't as bad because, um, yeah, we opened it or we took it over March 1st. Two weeks later, we all went into lockdown. But amazingly, when people were stuck at home, they want some fucking cookies. Yeah, that's right. I imagine <laughs> I imagine that that probably went the, the other way. I, so I can't I can't even get ingredients. Somebody get me cookies. And so that's uh, actually, we did okay. Um, we already were walk-up and uh, delivery through like the reach and DoorDash anyway. Mm -hmm. So what this did was it just made more people aware of us. And so we we did pretty well. Um, I wouldn't say I wish that, uh, I don't say the best marketing ploy is a worldwide pandemic. Oh. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that right now. I mean, check oh. me in a little while, but sure. I don't think that's the best way to go. Um, but because of that, um, the best thing was I was able to keep everyone employed, do a little expansion. Uh, we didn't have to shut down, have to lay anyone off. And uh, yeah, so we are doing cookies. We have 15 different flavors plus some specials. 
And I will not deny that the fact that cannabis is legal in Washington state uh, did not help, or they, that did help us a bit. Yeah. I cannot deny that it didn't help us. Yeah, I, the double negative is working for me here. No, no, no. And, yeah. you're, you're not implying that you deliver um, uh, cannabis. You're implying that once cannabis is delivered, your cookies tend to be delivered more. Correct? Is that, is that what I'm understanding? Am I picking up a very shaggy and scooby kind of vibe here? Yeah, I we don't have the exact data on that, but I I have anecdotal evidence <laughs> that about the hours that the um, the cannabis deliveries happen, about an hour later, our sales do tend to spike a little bit on the delivery app. <laughs> well, Which is perfectly fine with me, but you can usually tell when we get an order for one cookie and a milk. Well, these are <laughs> the what can yeah. you can you make the cookie really really big? Can you make it? Can you make the milk so kind of warm? What what time of day are are these orders normally happening? When's when when is peak cookie time? Um, peak cookie time is usually between like eight o'clock at night and midnight. That's when the the cookie sales yeah. spike. Yeah, that's um, when that's when the cookie munchie hit hits me pretty hard. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. not denying. I'm I'm a little concerned about knowing this now because <laughs> um, i'm looking at your cookies right now and th this is this i didn't is think nice. you had a camera there wait a second so, well yeah i did um a lot of show prep so um yeah i was i was looking at them a lot too and uh the, the the fruity pebbles one is uh that that could be a weakness for yeah me. that that's an amazing cookie because we got uh, most of these recipes when we bought the company and that was one of them. And my first thought was, what? that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Fruity Pebble cookie, this is a dumb cookie. And then you try one. And then like, oh, sweet mercy. They're <laughs> really, really good. And that's exactly the one I that we sell a lot of, at, let's say, after hours. Ah, Yeah, I have a lot of, there's a little part of my brain in the back that gets yeah. me into trouble in <laughs> my life. And so when I was looking at the picture going, who'd eat that? My, my brain, that little part of the brain was going, you would. Yeah, that's, that, that is a brain that, that I was going to say that thing just wraps itself around your brain stem and just gives it a hug. I mean, that just looks incredible. Tracy, Tracy, come, come and come and get your fruity pebbles. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> bam, bam. So, okay. So again, you, you had said like you've been uh, so on the uh, uh, drunken master Paul uh, YouTube and you've been playing with that for a while and it's it's kind of funny like you toy with a channel that a lot of people would enjoy having with the type of audience that you have and subscribers and uh, and this is this is very much a second and third kind of thing for you where you keep up to date but um, I'd, I'd seen uh, you'd done uh, holiday drinks a lot mm -hmm. of holiday drinks and right. a lot of drink specials uh, and uh, you have spent time as a bartender for sure, haven't you? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, at uh, the only place I was an official bartender was at Sea Galley Restaurant in Kirkland at Totem Lake. Right. And that was uh, it. Was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> I was young and stupid and made of rubber and magic. So that was uh, that was fun. But um, it's other than that, it's just been little places here and there. I wouldn't say I've actually been a full-time bartender anywhere. Um, I'm kind of self-taught. I do have my, my master license, so I can go bartend if I want to. Um, but yeah, the 
Drunken Master Paul is a name that uh, that Jason gave me. Uh, Metal yeah. Jason gave me. Um, because I like to drink, like to make cocktails, and I'm also a martial artist, so it has a Jackie Chan, Drunken Master connection as well. Uh, so yeah, that it's been a ton of fun to do my channel. Um, I was just starting to put a little more love into the channel and do more stuff. I was streaming on Twitch for a while, and then right. I decided to buy a cookie company, and that kind of <laughs> sucked out my brain. Um, but I want to get back into it. It was one of the reasons I was excited that you contacted me, because I'm just thinking, I've got the company to the point where I can actually have some time. Um, I, I've, I've got people for that when something goes sideways or to manage something. You know, I can, I can pay people for that. And so, yeah, I'm super excited to get back into just running my mouth at people and they're pretending they enjoy it. Well, I find it, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's comforting to see you because you look well and you look energetic and happy. Thank you. And, and those are the things I wish for you very much. And, uh, uh and, and so it's, uh, to that. yeah, very good. And so, yeah, we're all drinking to something tonight. That's for sure. It's, we're yeah. recording this on St. Patrick's day. So that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, a, a quick aside, speaking of St. Patrick's day, do you remember, um, there's one St. Patrick's day at Sierra where I decided to answer my calls with an Irish accent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That lasted about three calls because people calling Texas Burt just aren't in the fucking mood okay <laughs> yeah it, it turns out that uh, like irish accents are probably in the top three of accents people don't want to hear when they want help with something right oh, and my my accent is, is straight out of a lucky charms ad too oh so they, they, they phone around and go see on a tech support how can i help you yeah. <laughs> and, and all i want to say is just go ahead and make a fucking boot disc a great get <laughs> So that that last, I didn't actually say that to a customer, but yeah, that, that did not have last. Heavily long. implied. You try sure. turning on and turning off your machine. You try yeah. plugging plugging it in, unplugging it, plugging it in. Plug, you just plug it. Just keep plugging it. Yeah, I, I imagine those those calls were absolutely. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they weren't in well, the we had, imagine. Yeah. Yeah, we had to get them the calls done within seven minutes. So stringing it out with a funny accent really wasn't. <laughs> you know Speaking what? Of, now I'm getting flashbacks. You gotta, you gotta celebrate, man. It's yeah, it's yeah, a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember the prank that I pulled on on Howard? Uh, Howard Carson is a great friend of ours and was total goofball, total music head. Do you want to hear? Yes, absolutely. Okay, this is one of my great all time pranks, all time. So when we were on the uh, Texport Sierra, our calls were um, timed, and we had it hit certain call times. Um, otherwise we got in trouble and no, there was no 800 numbers. So the people calling were paying for the long distance calls. So it had to be quick, quick, quick. And if you picked up a call and if they hung up immediately, it was called an abandon. And that was really bad. So what I did was I recorded the sound of the phone ringing, which is like a boop. <laughs> I recorded that sound. And then I went on Howard's computer and I replaced certain events in windows with that sound <laughs> and completely accidentally um i couldn't do it in stereo he had two speakers and i wound up putting it in the left speaker which is right next to his phone so he would be sitting at his desk between calls and the phone would go boop and he would look over to pick it up and there was no call there'd be a little indicator of a call there's no call and that would happen you know three four depending on the event i didn't put on all the events and so he was going nuts. He, 
look, is a call in it or not? And he picked hello, and no one there. And I'm two doors or two cubes down from him. <laughs> I'm hello, hello, and I'm trying not to piss myself. <sighs> so uh. then I got our boss Doug in on it. I had him fake <laughs> Howard stats that oh. he had a million abandoned. Oh. <laughs> and so when he walks over, I'm I'm went over, I'm watching this, and they go, Howard, what the hell are you doing? Are you, are you just hanging up on people? I mean, you've got like 25, 30% abandons here. What's what the hell? We have to let you go if this keeps up and Howard's freaking the hell out. <laughs> I'm not sure. The phone is <clears throat> and then he heard it once when he was on a call, didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh. So finally, <laughs> this guy is a mess. He's a complete mess. So I finally took pity and I walked over and I said, Howard, what's going on? I was, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get fired. I mean, the, there's something wrong with the system. Nobody believes me that my phone keeps ringing and there's nobody there. I said, really? Well, what if you try it? And I went through a couple of troubleshooting steps and said, hey, I got an idea. Just type in your search record.wave. Okay. You type that in. Oh, there's a file there. Said, Play that just in case. Said, what are you talking? Just try it. Boop. <laughs> and there's this look <laughs> in his eyes of complete betrayal and utter admiration. <laughs> I love seeing that combination. That's yeah. an amazing combination. Yeah. And he, he <clears throat> was so pissed at me and he was so impressed that we pulled that off. It's an amazing thing when uh, Dave, of course, worked at Sierra too. And it's even when, when we were working there and in touch with Steve, it's oh, yeah. amazing. The place was, hard to relay stories about it's hard for people to understand that this actually existed mm -hmm. and it's it's quite funny when you you and uh jason uh metal jesus had talked about kind of your origin stories from sierra and a lot of these old stories on like about a year or two ago right on a show and um <clears throat> that it it was one of the things that was amazing to me is that so many stories were like unbelievable today they're not yeah. they're not believable and there were so many like that place like curated some of the biggest jackasses on the planet to all work in the same place and we yeah. have things like you know this show and so many youtube channels and all these things that came out of these people that worked there that, that were just all entertaining ourselves and each other all the time it's amazing we got any work done Oh, absolutely. The calls were absolutely secondary to the other kind of shit you're calling there. <laughs> absolutely. Um, in fact, um, as I mentioned, um, uh, we were just down uh, talking with Ken and Roberta and talking about the old Sierra days. And uh, there's going to be a video coming up very soon on Metal Jesus' channel. Um, I, it may be out before this airs, but um, yeah, a new interview, a brand new interview with those two. And we talked about exactly this kind of thing. It was it was kind of like the Wild West back then. Nobody was yes. doing this before. Nobody was doing support like this on this scale. Absolutely. Um, Ken was really, really adamant that we took care of our customers. He, he had a 30-day no-questions-asked return policy. You could just send, and you send it back to Sierra, not the, the vendor, <laughs> because he didn't want the vendor to take the hit. So we took the hit. That was his mentality. And you wouldn't have that today. No. Nobody was, takes responsibility for anything. And you didn't have to, yeah, they didn't even have to like it. There were a lot of unopened boxes yeah. ended up back coming back. Well, we uh, talked the, about Phantasmagoria, which was a huge game. But the problem was you could play it in 20 hours. And so people would play it and then just return it within the 30 days. So we had right. stacks of these things. 
<laughs> but it, it was nuts. You're right, though, because we were we were the bad boys. We were the uh, the the ones that got away with a ton of stuff. We threw tech support through the best parties. Absolutely. Yes. And they used us as we were the beta testers. We were, you know, they need actors for games. We would step up. Um, so it was it was a good time. And because of that, it was it was really kind of more of a family atmosphere. I mean, with the people we like, there were some real shitheads <laughs> in tech support that we didn't like at all. Um, but there, there's everybody. You need someone to hate, right? You right, need absolutely. Need an and, and they provided those people too. But yeah, yeah. you're right. We wrote uh, we wrote for magazines. We yeah. did. We were acting in 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 doing voiceovers and all kinds of things uh, for the company because it was it was run like a little bit like a mom and pop yeah. outfit. Even though it was a it was a, a company that eventually sold for a billion dollars. That's with a B. Yeah. And uh, you know it's funny when you talked about uh, Robert Absol. Somebody had somebody had a picture of me and uh one other person and uh, -oh. uh they had drawn these like large like lightsaber penises on us mm. and uh on because that's what you do during like you know break time or even work time there why yeah. not and yeah. so they went ahead to send it to robert absol so his alias is robert a but they ended up sending it to roberta williams <laughs> instead so it was kind of funny i run into roberta i was uh having uh lunch with my mom in kirkland and i had run into her uh there i should really watch where i'm going but uh <laughs> i had, I had yeah, run no into her what club are you going to <laughs> so she had uh she had we had said hi and had a nice exchange, but she was kind of laughing. And part of me in the back of my mind was, is she's still remembering me from the giant lightsaber penis that was sloppily drawn on a picture of me. And it's probably a large version of it hanging in their living room right now, likely. I was wondering where they got that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the story behind that. Yeah. So. And the raised relief in the stone above her fireplace of it, that was, that took me a second to work it out, but <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh... amazing. Yeah, it needs context to understand. It really Otherwise, does. Otherwise, it just uh, it looks like pretty. Yeah, weird. the placement of the fireplace event was really interesting. <laughs> so, Paul, before we wrap this up, we're going to say if you envision what's next on the long list of like pretty cool things that have come in your life, what would you yeah. imagine it might be? Well, um, I do want to kind of spin up the uh, online persona a little bit more now that I have some time. Um, as we get uh, Midnight Cookie Company is going to probably take most of my time for the next year or so. Um, but I've always dreamt of having my own bar and grill, getting into the food side of things a little bit more. But also, I'm a, a martial artist. I've been doing Filipino martial arts for the last 23 years. And uh, I've started my own uh, system. I, uh, I left my the school. I was with um, a couple years ago and right before the pandemic was setting up my own system, my own studio and uh, working on doing something that's both in person and online. And I, if I hadn't started the cookie company, I would have done that and everybody wanted online content. So I'm kind of missed that, but I'm really passionate about stick fighting. Um, it's Philippine martial arts, a stick fighting, stick, sword, blade, empty hand. Right. I've, uh, I've fought in and won a number of tournaments I fought in and lost a number of tournaments as well. So <laughs> it's all fun. It's all bruises. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm headed next. Um, so you're going to leverage this drunken master Paul persona and like just combine the use of alcohol with uh, these uh, 
uh, martial arts and weapons. I think. We, we have done drunken our niece before, just for the record. Um, and kids out there, it is not a good idea. Yeah. Trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. isn't. Paul's um, a professional. Listen to him. Yeah. I mean, my dream is to have a space that's like a brewery taproom bar and grill with a craft space where I can do forging and woodcraft and a training space to do martial arts um, and the stage in the back where test turbo can rock the night away. That uh, you can bet that uh, we will be there on opening night. Yes. Yeah. Uh, opening day yeah, absolutely. Of, of that. Absolutely. That's great. Well, you know what? You look well. I'm glad you're doing well. And I'm really grateful that you joined us on the Dave and Steve show. Let's give a round. Thank you to uh, Paul Quinn for joining us on today's show. Hey. Yay. Yeah, thank you guys so much for inviting me. And uh, if you need to, you know, fill some more dead air time, I'd be happy to come back anytime. Everybody knows you get the best deal at Larry's. If you're looking for great value and a good steak, Larry's is the place. We got new inventory coming in on Monday, so all these steak dinners have to go. I don't have room for all these steaks on the showroom floor, so we're pricing them to move, move, move. I got a T-bone here with optional potatoes and asparagus. Don't like asparagus? We got the same steak with broccoli or corn for the same price. Mention this ad and we'll undercoat it with A1 sauce for nothing. That's right, nothing. Corporate sent us a big truck full of lobster by mistake. Send it back? Hell no! Our loss is your gain. Get a butter-dipped Australian lobster tail for just $13.99. That's right, $13.99. At Larry's, you don't need to be a big spender. We have burgers and sandwiches for the economy class. No down payment, no credit? Who cares? It's just freaking dinner. We are the last food dealership in town that will take your third-party checks. Got other food at your house? We'll give you top dollar for your trade. Come see us right now at Larry's New and Used Steaks at the end of Auto Row in Auburn. Professional development speakers, you know them as people who make it their personal hobby to tell you how to think differently. They march into a conference, usually with books in tow, where they are unlocking the secret to some life hack that will change your thinking forever. They will say things like, if you are not now here, you are nowhere. And pause with a smirk while you sit and contemplate that nowhere and now here are the same letters except with a cleverly inserted space. Wow, brilliant. I can't wait to buy that book. But seriously, what's the difference between these speakers and a drunk person at a bar who begins all of their sentences with, I'll tell you what your problem is. Now, while there's almost no distinction, the main difference is you're not pressured to buy the drunk person's book when you come back from the bathroom. This has been Tracy's mic drop on conference keynote speakers. Minute. listening to that last for the last week um you talking about that again and just me being so annoyed by the whole thing and i'm really glad your minute was about that and not some dumb thing i said 
Um, well, I, I, it was so funny because uh, the people were asking me, like, because uh, I had shared this story at work, and they're like, is this the keynote speaker that uh, came up on stage dancing and then told people to do this? And I was like, oh, this is where I have to admit I didn't attend any of the general sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm uh, not sure which one that was because I was so yeah. disgusted by how I was treated. I had to leave. Oh, I never even thought about that. Righteous indignation. <laughs> yep. Good on you for coming up with that. <laughs> yeah. That one. I don't reach into that one very often, but. Uh, oh, no, you know. no, definitely dip into that one. That's that. That's a good, that's a good well to, uh, uh, to, to pull from. But uh, no, that's, uh, I, that was a good minute. I, I, I liked, I liked that a lot. Um, did, I don't really have much from this last, uh, this last week um, that, is worth mentioning but what 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 about you you have anything going on well it was interesting that um my my, all my kids got sick at the same time and uh so none of that's very interesting except that like i was working from home and then they were home and uh that was bringing back bad memories of us all being home and uh (laughs) No, that wasn't all that long ago. So I was like, well, I think you guys need to be feeling better and you don't have to go to school, but you do need to get the hell out of here. And, and uh, so today I'm thankful that they, they all went back to school and, uh, and, uh, and that was good. But yeah, there wasn't anything else really going on uh, besides that. Just uh, I'm thankful for normal days at work, uh, hours that are a little bit more traditional and uh and sunshine there was sunshine a couple times yeah and this is yeah this is that time of year in the puget sound where we you might the temperature might reach the mid 50s and you have that little inkling of i don't know what it is optimism hope yeah zest for life vim vigor one of those things there was just a, a tiny bit of hope um out there i i used that hope um Today, when I went and got, I went to Costco and picked up the, it's Arbovita season, folks. If, uh, if you can get those Costco Arbovita, if they still have them, they're $27.99 right now. And you'll pay at least $65 for the same size Arbovita at, uh, at other places. See, every time Dave's gone, I have to talk about something that would drive him up the wall. And, and this is, <laughs> this is that. The Arbovitas being on sale at Costco, um, I went and picked up a whole bunch of those today and some mulch, mulching and uh, putting in Arbovita um, into the backyard. So yeah, see, I, I I've been stealing mulch in my neighborhood because yeah. like, they put the bags <laughs> the outside, and then I just I just uh, roll around and put a hood over my head so that the ring cameras aren't. Uh, identifying me and then i just uh, just steal the bags of mulch so uh, but they have different colors so when you steal bags of mulch are you stealing more like red than black or well here's a, here's a little fun fact i'm colorblind so uh i'm pretty indiscriminate doesn't about, matter to uh, you yeah <laughs> what i'm just gonna what rake I steal, it all together actually yeah, just Aww. if any of my neighbors since some of my neighbors listen to this podcast i want to make you aware that uh i'm only joking i don't uh, i don't steal mulch from you no, no, he, uh, he, he's not, he's not putting it on his own 
yard at least he's fencing right. that mulch um across uh across borders but uh, i will put a box of heads by your garbage can but i will not <laughs> steal mulch from you i, th- I think we've been uh, pretty clear about that it's like a good neighbor that's 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 excellent so um i you know what i think um i think it's just about uh just about that time where we listen to some some headlines how's that sound sounds great all right And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, yeah! Our first story, Thomas Eugene Colucci of Spring Hill, Florida, called 911 and asked them to test the meth he had just recently purchased because he knew what it should feel like and this stash wasn't doing it for him <laughs> apparently he was concerned that the dealer could have been pushing bath salts instead of meth and he was concerned for his fellow users so do you believe that this person knew that they were going to get popped for um <laughs> for having a controlled substance or i mean did they <laughs> So you t- <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there, there really is. There really is. I mean, I, I love the fact that they're concerned that the meth, it could be dangerous. It is, even if it's just the meth that he was expecting. But, but, yes, you know, it, not uh, without its own dangers. Uh, yeah. It's like, what if somebody this, that's allergic to bath salts thinks this is meth? There's not a proper label on this. Um, yeah, that's, well, th- this is where there needs to be some third party quality control. I think for sure that could, uh, where he could call a one, one, 800 number and, uh, so or per- perhaps some, a politician could send him a, a home test to test if it's uh, actually methamphetamines. Yes. That sounds, that sounds like a very good use of our, of our tax dollar. Hey, you know, rate, rate that meth. So tell me, is there anything, is there anything else to this story? So Colucci told the deputies he wanted his meth tested, but he did not want other people to purchase fake meth from the man who sold it to him. Sheriff's office said, adding that he wanted deputies to uh, put the person in trouble for selling dangerous drugs. So a deputy performed a field test on a sample of the substance from each of the baggies as requested in both baggies tested positive. For methamphetamines. Hmm. Okay. So maybe he got a generic brand. Yeah, you know, people say they can't tell the difference, um, but you, but you can. You really. I, I used to fill that with the cereals that came in the bags. Yeah. At the bottom. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh. So I mean, I I kind of understand at some level what this guy is uh, dealing with. This, <laughs> this this just doesn't. This just doesn't this just doesn't hit right you know what it just doesn't hit i don't know if i'm having an off day or something but but you know what i really i think i do need to call the cops on this um i need to i need to alienate every dealer that i want to use (laughs) and you know what this maybe this is his rock bottom or their rock bottom i don't know if it's is a man or woman but um it's their rock bottom right this is you know, yeah, meme worthy yeah, at least. Rock bottom may look like uh, this. The cops uh, then arrested Kaluchi and charged him with possession of drug uh-huh. and drug paraphernalia. Do you believe he was surprised when that happened? 
Um, I'm going to say 50-50. You're 50-50 on that? It's like, what? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. There's like, you know when you just are <laughs> slow to figure it out and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, I dang. did not think this through Well, about the meth. But uh, may, perhaps uh, perhaps uh, this will help him be able to uh, just identify more more quality methamphetamines. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So our second story: the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has rejected Dolly Parton's request to reject them when she asked them to pull her nomination. The country legend wrote Monday on social media that although she was flattered and grateful for the honor, she was concerned that her presence on the ballot would split votes. And I don't feel I've earned that right, she wrote. But after a few days of radio silence on the matter, the organization confirmed on Thursday that she will, in fact, remain on the ballot, in part because voting is already well underway. That's interesting. You know, I I, I love Dolly Parton. I think Dolly Parton's fantastic. In fact, I, I read an article saying, hey, why do we expect so much from Dolly Parton? Like, aren't we setting her up for a big fall if for some reason something comes out that's slightly unsavory about her? Um, but she genuinely is one of those people out there in the world that I really just like. I just, I, I admire and, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I I feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if, if she doesn't want to if she doesn't feel like she deserves to be in the rock and roll hall of fame because her, you know, songs don't track like a rock and roll. Album. She said she wants to make a rock and roll album. That's really cool. But yeah, I read, I read that recently and I'm wondering what that would, uh, would sound like she, she did actually kind of cross over into pop. I mean, she was at least crossover in some ways. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think nine to five definitely has, you know, crossover, appeal um even you know even like jolene has some uh has some you know crossover appeal to me i i I feel like it has a little bit there but uh but also like she did some uh, i think she recorded a collective soul song and that might be 25 years old you know uh that maybe that's well help me remember did uh johnny cash ever end up in the uh rock and roll hall of fame I, I imagine he is, I imagine he is. And and that's because he started out at a time where the lines between rock and roll and country were so blurry. um, You wouldn't even let it drive on the road without corrective lenses. So um, I don't know if that joke makes sense, but we're going to go back and listen to it again. (laughs) See if, see if it flies. We'll just test that with the test audience and yeah. see how they we'll just, see how many yeah. wow. <laughs> we'll just run that through the marketing machine. Um anyway, I I I'm I'm almost certain he is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, it, it seemed to me like rock and roll was really a bit more of a vibe than it was always about like music. And it's uh, there's I think uh when we had Sean and his opinion was that uh the that you know, for a long time, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame did not let Kiss in, and he felt like that that made them illegitimate in many ways, mm-hmm. simply because that rock and roll was about you know a vibe and an attitude uh, as much as it was about anything else. And so, um, 
Uh, so I don't know if uh, I, if Dolly won't, doesn't want to be in there. I mean, what do you do? Do you you gonna fight with her? <laughs> I I'm not fighting with Dolly Parton. Um, she, I, I I think she has a very you know good argument, um, and I I think it's gracious that she doesn't want to take the place of somebody else that may have really earned it, like a I don't know, like a Patty Smith, like one of the six Patty Smiths that like were decent rock and roll singers or, um, or, uh, you know, like, uh, like an Ani DeFranco or, you know, another one. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that, that, that deserves a spot in there. I think it's pretty gracious when somebody recognizes, Hey, uh, maybe I'm not the person that should be, I, I'm, I have plenty of hall of fames that I can be in, but, uh, maybe, yeah, I, I, I think she's probably right on this. Um, but wouldn't it be know. great to live such a life that you have your choice of hall of fame? <laughs> what? What? Okay, I think I'll just be in the baseball life. hall of fame. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. But not the football hall of fame. I only played two years and we only made the playoffs one time. I there's right. No way. And I, and I yeah. hate Canton. Ohio. It's so, yeah. Cooper's down. Okay. But, uh, Canton, come on. No, thank you. Um, but I, yeah, that's, I, that's a good point. Um, and you know what, if we end up getting a great, you know, rock and roll Dolly Parton album out of her. Cool. That's great. That's fantastic. But I uh, think she owes us that much. Oh, she owes us so much. She owes us nothing. (laughs) She owes us nothing at all. That's actually what I meant. (laughs) Our third story patrol officers arrested a hockey stick wielding man on rollerblades yesterday as he robbed a woman of her toque in Victoria. Now, if you're if you're not listeners, if you're not familiar with what a toque is, um, that is uh, kind of a hat made popular among uh, Canadians. Uh, it's a winter hat. It has the, the the sides that can go over your ears, or like they kind of they can kind of string up on the side. Um, they were the Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, had uh, made, made toques uh, as part of their uh, 12 days at Christmas. Yes. Yes. As I remember. That's um, so. one of the, that's one of the only um, Christmas songs I introduced to my son this year was the 12 days of Christmas, Bob and Doug McKenzie. And, and I had to answer that. What is a toque question? Um, yeah. We've all been there with our kids when we have to face that moment where we have to tell them about uh, Canadian headwear. Yeah. The difference between toque and toke. Does, he, does that mean no, no, son? Get your get your mind out of the weed shop. It's that's yes. not that's not. This you, this might be the most Canadian crime in the world, though. So shortly after one uh, thirty <laughs> p.m. on on uh, Monday, patrol officers were called to the area of uh, both Government and Belleville streets. If you're familiar with, uh, this is the heart of downtown in uh, Victoria. I am not. For a report that a man on a rollerblades was striking garbage cans with a hockey stick. A second caller reported the same man causing a disturbance and striking windows of a nearby business with this same hockey stick, uh, though the man did not break any windows. As officers were en route to the call, the third person reported that the hockey stick wielding man on rollerblades chased a woman on the sidewalk, and then uh, the suspect approached the victim from behind, pushed uh, pushed her from behind, and stole her toque. The suspect fled the area on rollerblades. The uh, victim was not injured in the incident. You 
this might be the, I mean, it's definitely a huge affront to all things Canadian, right? I mean, you're supposed to keep your stick on the ice, not on, yes. the, not on the garbage cans making noise. You're rollerblading and you're not ice skating, right? You're, you're using wheels as, as blades. That's, I mean, maybe that's allowed in, in Canada in the, in the off season, but um, it could be, yeah, this, they, this person would should get two for instigating right. for sure. Two and minutes for instigating grand theft. Took, uh, yes, is, uh, is pretty, ter- pretty terrible for a Canadian. So that's, yeah, I've tried to, I've tried to reach, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, local uh, municipality there on Vancouver Island. I was unable to find out like what law specifically this person, uh, uh, broke, but I'm I'm pretty sure stealing someone's uh, toque is uh, is uh, the death penalty. It's a capital we offense. We should ask yeah. our our Canadian listeners uh, to weigh in on this because first of all, I feel like um, too many Canadian stories. We I don't want them to think that we're pandering um, to them, trying to give them more Canadian content that they care about. The, I I believe that this is a news story that the world will care about. That I think so too. Yeah, we're definitely not pandering. But uh, right. any uh, Canadian citizens that could uh, shed some light on uh, what this, uh, um, what this really, uh, what kind of trouble did this person get themselves into? Because in the United States, this is nothing. But um, this is probably a multiple apology sentence. Definitely written too, not just like right. Yeah, right. not short, just like imp- improvisationally essay. or spoken to a magistrate now this is this is going to be a handwritten handwritten definitely um yep so okay Um, so uh canadian listeners we'd love to hear from you yes please and that that uh email address is the dave and steve show at gmail.com yep and uh thank you for listening I think it is. I think that's what it is (laughs) That, that that is that is what it is absolutely so that's the news steve well, thank you very much, Tracy. I appreciate that. Um, I would like to once again uh, thank um, Drunken Master Paul for being with us uh, tonight. He was great, wasn't he? It was. It was. It was really wonderful to get to spend some time with him, uh, learn about his amazing journey through life, and then go to his um, his next venture of um, uh, bar, uh, a martial arts studio with a live music stage. And um, ma- makers station like Forge and <laughs> I, yeah, I I I want to see this. I want to see this place. Um, so I I don't want him to I don't want him to close down his cookie delivery business that I learned is in my backyard. Um, so no thank you on that. But uh, but I definitely want to uh, to see him open up this other, this next yeah. step. Definitely. And so they, uh, I, uh, I, I, I'll, by the next show, I'll be probably talking about the fact that I, I had cookies delivered to my house. That's going to be happening probably after the show. I don't have to admit that it's tonight, but yeah, don't admit, don't admit it. Um, yeah, yeah you don't, you don't have to admit. <laughs> yeah. I, I admit so anyway, nothing. Just... Um, all right. Well, we had a great time on the show and, um, d- Tracy, do you have anything else that you'd like to, uh, you'd like to add? I sure don't, but I'm looking forward to Dave getting back. He's got a lot of splaining to do. Yes, he and, does. Uh, yes, he yeah. really, he certainly does. And, and I hope um, all our listeners had a great St. Patrick's Day. I, yes, I do too. So for Dave, for Tracy, 
And for myself, Steve, we will see you next time on The Dave and Steve Show.